Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Finding My Voice and I am exhausted. This weekend, uh, Easter weekend for others, was for me GothCon weekend and uh, I went with a regular group plus one more, uh, no two more actually from from uh, the Maurice Central playing group. Uh, it's It was so lovely and oh gosh, um, played three sessions um, with the group. I, don't think you know we never had any um any unknown players except well I didn't it was a merger of other groups I guess some of the groups two different groups I merged together I met some for the first time and that's always fun but there were some new uh, game masters actually we played um the first day we played Call of Cthulhu and Eon with the same game master uh with the convention missions and that was so much fun see the first one I played a type of character that I very seldom do in Call of Cthulhu. I tend to play them naturalistically, afraid of all the weird stuff, but I was assigned a character. Well, I picked the character, but I realized when I read it that this one was interested in all the freaky stuff, and I ran into it. That was fun. We had, like, um, it was a mystery in Lund, Sweden, a student thing. I I don't want to spoil it, because you can probably get a hold of it if you live in Sweden, or even outside of Sweden. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a mystery uh, that used the history of Lund and Sweden. It was great fun. <laughs> One of us died. It wasn't entirely my fault. It was a little bit my fault, but it was uh, more the fault of a friend of mine. <laughs> we had a bit of PvP because I, I thought, I'm going to join the cultists. And my friend was like, no, we're not going to join the cultists. And then uh, we had a bit of a falling out. And uh, I ended up on top, but our falling out led to the death of a third a third person in our party and that was a bit of a whoopsie but uh, the player had no hard feelings it was a good story <laughs> and then we played eon which is a, a i think it's from sweden a, a classic um ttrpg and we played a very sweet story where we played just regular villagers uh who had been invaded by bandits and we had to find a way to get rid of them but since they were warriors and we were not, we couldn't just simply fight them. We had to talk to them, uh, lure them on, find the out things out. It was very interesting. And again, we had assigned characters. That's usually how you do it at conventions, because you kind of need to. You don't have time to create new characters and create backstories when you only have five hours to play the whole campaign. Um, so we have pre-written characters. But that has advantages. I've spoken about this before. I think pre-written characters are underestimated because now we could be families. Like, yeah, we were actually like, we all had some kind of relation, which was lovely. And the dire situation we were in really tied us together. This was a convention uh, adventure that is not for sale anywhere, um, but we were given the adventure. Um, I could actually probably get it to you. If you wanted it, I just have to ask the author, contact the author and ask them. But it was a really lovely adventure if you play Eon. Not your standard hero, bash, bash, boom, boom kind of adventure, but a more familiar, like a more down-to-earth and emotional adventure. It was it was absolutely lovely. And the third day, no, hang on. We played that, no, on the second day, we, we always count the first day as well, but never mind. Uh, we played Western which was also lovely, uh, a bit of a different kind of episode. And 
I I was assigned the role of the leader and it wasn't a very, very shooty kind of character. And when I get that kind of character, I tend to steer things away from violence. I hope the others didn't mind that we didn't get that many firefights, even though it was a Western episode. But it was fun. We had a, I played basically a quack who was selling bogus medicine and then was roped into a place where the villainous family wanted me to cure their brother even though i i knew that my cure was bogus and we had to talk our way out of it somehow uh it's it's an adventure that is gonna come up for sale in swedish but i think eventually uh western is going to end up translated english they've already done that kickstarter and i hope this adventure makes it there because it was really something special so yes gothcon was wonderful we also watched a musical done by nerds about a cyberpunk version of Ragnarok. That was hilarious. They're called Kulturkrok, a culture crash, I guess. Uh, and you should look, look, look them up if you know Swedish, because they are really fun. They are really fun. So that's what I played during, mainly, mainly what I played during GothCon. Uh, I know some of my friends played some Mafia. That's not really what I'm into, but hey, I support them. They're having fun. We had some lunch and stuff. Uh, and then we bought stuff, obviously, in the stores. And I got to meet the developers. Uh, I spoke to Anders Gilbring, is his name. He's one of the creators of Gothcon. And I'm not so what, what am I talking about? No, I am tired, obviously. No, he's, he's one of the creators of Western, the Western role-playing game. And I've spoken to them before, two years ago, when when during the pandemic, when Gothcon was digital, uh, we played over camera. We played uh, that year's Western adventure, which was The Red Widow. I reviewed it. Uh, and... Tuve and Anders Gilbring actually came into the to the server to observe us play, and that was a great honor for me. And they contacted me afterwards saying they really enjoyed it, and that was so great. I've been chatting with them a bit since then, and unfortunately, Tuve last after last Gothcon has passed away, but her husband is still going strong. I spoke with him the other day, and it was very heartfelt. And he's still going to keep making Western content, and he said Tuve had made so much content already and she was always like the first step she wrote the bulk of the content and he would add maps and stuff and then the artist will make all the art which means they have a big backlog of two very written adventures and modules for western so even in death she's going to keep producing a lot of content and i don't know it seems sad but also it's kind of like she's still around she, she was very 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 special she really like like she was a flame in the TTRPG community in Sweden, and I hope her work makes it to to English speaking countries because Western is a really fantastic game, and all the one shots for Western are so well made. The characters are so intricate and well written that like you just instantly get transported into uh, a, a Western adventure, and it could either be like um. Uh, um, they have matinees, they have dark, gritty vengeance stories, and they have like action stories and horror stories, and murder mysteries set in the Western. They have so many different ones, and you really gotta try it. It's really cool. And to, to see, to think that it's produced by so few people, and now we have fewer, is mind boggling. But yes, I met him. Uh, he gave, um, he gave me and a friend a copy of, of this year's adventure. It's not up for sale yet. It's called, um, Dr. Lazarus Elixir of Life. And it was really fun. Um, yes. Um, I also met with Christer Sundelin, uh, who, who uh, I bought the role-playing game uh, Troubleshooters from him. 
that's so charming. It's based on the. It's like basically action adventure mysteries that involve traveling, like international mysteries thing. Uh, it's kind of like it follows the aesthetic of of cartoons and comics like Spiro and Tintin, Tintin and Marsupilani, um, like kind of like eighties, nineties, even earlier cartoons of these fun mystery solving uh, people. Um, if, if you just Google Tintin or Spiro, it, it's so much fun. It's so cute. Uh, he told me that uh, he he was so happy to read a French review because the style is mainly French and Belgian. Uh, he read a French review of his game and they said it was really embarrassing that the first really good adventure uh, role-playing game uh, set in this kind of genre is a Swedish one. <laughs> so he's really proud of that. Um, so I bought the game in the first module and he gave me a lot of extra peripherals and fun because he, he thought, oh, I should have led with that actually. Because, you know, the creator, because the creator of Troubleshooters is also the creator of Vestmarik and also the one shot that our game master, Carl Victorine, based the Vestmark campaign where I play Alvhild. So not only did I buy a really great role-playing game from the creator itself, I also informed him, hey, you know, you wrote an adventure that actually gave me my, one of my names. <laughs> I took the name from one of your character, the characters you wrote, because, you know, I played her and we connected and literally your your role-playing game and that module literally changed my life and he shown up he was so happy and he just gave me a bunch of free stuff <laughs> uh it's 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 what wonderful all the role-playing and meeting the creators of these role-playing games uh i was gonna chat with the people of free league but they were so busy because they were you know they were releasing dragon bane and people were talking about um uh, still talking about um, Blade Runner with them. That's understandable. I can find some time to talk with them. Uh, because I do actually have a game in the works myself that uses uh, Year Zero Engine, the Free League engine. And uh, I've interviewed them in the past, so I do have an in there. Because I'm going to go back and talk about that some other time. It's not gonna have to, I'm not going to have time for that now. I wanted to talk about GothCon. <laughs> um, and... Um, um, but I want to tie back to my previous episode where I talked about uh, nurturing lingering conflicts between players, player characters, sorry, not players, <laughs> player characters in role-playing games, because I just answered my own question. I have been working on this role-playing game for a little while. Uh, right after GothCon, two of the people I was with, uh, we went to this uh, old preserved village that's been preserved since the 1700s, which is what I'm basing my role-playing game on, and we saw it physically. I'm going to use uh, a picture from that as uh, the album art for this episode because that was so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. And we had, it, it's wonderful. And the concept that I have for this game, I'm trying to make a game that nurtures bonds between player characters mechanically so that it doesn't have to be added by the players. Like, that that's kind of what I was looking for in the system I want to play. Um why like i've played a lot of role-playing games that are driven by character relationships but that's always something the players add it's never supported or encouraged a lot by the system that's what i wanted to create so i have a few things in mind for that system uh, i'm using the year zero as, an, as a base but i'm adding a lot of stuff i'm gonna get back to that it's gonna be so cool the reason i just mentioned this now is because i all the free league was were there 
and I'm going to talk to them, getting some advice from them, and I think my own ideas will actually answer the question of how to nurture lingering conflicts between player characters without dragging it down, instead using that conflict to lift the experience. I think I've figured out a way. I think I'll talk about that next time, unless I get a good guest on, then I'll take precedence. <laughs> Alright, great! So, that was the role-playing talk, the GothCon talk. I wanted to do it quickly, um, but I love GothCon. If you have a chance to go to GothCon, please do. It's so much fun. And we might, you'll, you might see me there. Anyway, I always got to talk about the trans thing. And, of course, again, that's got to be about GothCon. Because I started going to GothCon before I came out. I went as my dead name the first couple of times. Number of times. Uh, but, of course, I... Always try to discreetly hint who I really was. Some people picked up on it. One person I met at the very first GothCon I was at, I played a game called Förbannad, which is play a play on words in Swedish. It can mean cursed and it can mean pissed off. Förbannad, ja, förbannad. I'm cursed, I'm pissed off. Like it's a, it's a play on words in Swedish, but it's basically kind of like the craft. Young girls in a witch's coven is basically the plot. It doesn't really matter. Well, like, um, I was uh, I, I was there as my dead name, but I played this teenage girl character, and, and, and the other person, well, I played with the group, but one other person, we really bonded in character there, and we had a lot of fun, and we've kept contact. We've played, um, we've played uh, other games since then. Uh, they love Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, yeah, I spoke about Nell, my gangrel, my really, really um, evil gangrel. Uh, this person I'm talking to played Mayhem, that that character's mentor. Uh, so yes, I've mentioned them before. But yes, they they are one of the, one of the few that actually spotted my hints and before I came out, told me in private, "Is there something else you want me to call you?" And they they asked me this a little turly. I wasn't ready, but I didn't shut it down that like I usually do. I said. Not yet. I'm not ready. And they backed off and went, sure, okay. And later on, I came out to them, and we've been playing, and it's been wonderful. And today I met them. No, not today. Uh, at GothCon, I met them after we watched that musical. It was quite late. And um, they hung around with my group, and something was a little wrong. And I went, went off and talked to them in private a little bit, and they had a bad day. Uh, a few things happened, and they thanked me for being a good listener. And then they just just looked at me and went, it's, it's fascinating to talk to you because you're so happy and alive. And they didn't really quite know how to express themselves, but I understood what they meant. Yes, I am happy and I am alive. And yeah, I didn't used to be. I, I was, I've always been full of life in a way. I've always been like an energetic, empathic person. But I never felt quite like myself. I've always been in hiding. And the life I've been showing has been muted and pale. And some people... Look, I think everyone has noticed that. Most people just don't understand why. This other person I spoke to is a non-binary. So they are more in tune with these things. Because, you know, trans people and especially non-binary people are often faced with thinking a lot more about gender and gender identity than cis people. So they are the ones that are going to have a, an easier time spotting it. But yes, I have noticed everywhere, not just the GothCon or role-playing stuff, everywhere, people who stay in my life after I come out to, the, to them, they might not say at once that they realized 
in advance. A lot of them say, no, I had no idea. A few say, yeah, I could see this coming, but mostly that I had no idea, but I support you. That's the most common one. But almost all of them, after a while, after a few months, even with Hannah, um, the, the person that came out at first, like long ago, uh, has eventually like realized, hang on, this time in your past, that should have made me realize. And that time, oh yeah, and that time, like people are working it out slowly. And I think everyone is subconsciously, even if they're not thinking of specific events. The most uh, obvious place I can use as an example is work. Because I came out of work just, oh, what, three months ago? Four months ago? Something like that. And I'd worked there for like five years. And I was afraid to come out, honestly. But when I came out, it was wonderful. Everyone did well. I'm, I've am i quit that job since then. I'm actually working my last day in a couple of days. And I'm, I'm joining another another job with a better salary. That's, that's neither here nor there. That's not the point. Uh, but what I noticed is people at work have said to me, that ever since I came out, it's kind of like seeing a different person, a more alive person, a, a person that just radiates positive energy. And yeah, I can see why. Even though I try to be friendly and helpful and be there for everyone before I came out, and people did notice that, after I came out, I could do it in a much honest place. And people do notice, even if they don't realize the technicalities of why it feels different. And it's really nice to hear these things. It's really nice that people acknowledge how much I have grown. Because sometimes it doesn't feel like it. You see a lot of transphobia in the media and all around the internet. And I know, don't listen to the comments, blah, 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 blah. But there's a lot of transphobia out there. A lot of it. And it's everywhere. And hearing people just validate me, it's, it's worth a lot. So when you can... If you have trans people in your life, make an effort, validate them. It means a lot. Make sure you're there for us, for them, for anyone in your life who's not normative or in an oppressed minority. We need to hear it. And the world needs to hear you. Like, don't be a silent ally. Silent allies aren't allies. Be a part of the positive change. When people are being transphobic, homophobic, or racist, speak up. If you don't speak up, then, then well, you are agreeing to the oppression. This got dark, but that needed to be said. This could be a whole episode, but yeah, this is something that needed to be said. <laughs> but yes, um, the validation is wonderful. When people say to me that, oh my gosh, Kat, you're so much more alive now. It's like seeing, seeing a whole new person. It's just lovely. So that's the message. Play role-playing games. Come to GothCon and validate your non-normative friends and everyone. All right. Uh, that was me rambling on for 20 minutes almost. So uh, uh, next episode, I will have planned it a little better. I promise. But I think this is a fun chat, don't you? Well, you can't answer. So I'm just going to assume you said yes. <laughs> Thank you. Have a Thank you for listening. Have a great day. I love you.